the reason why you wanted to be always prepared um, to have, you know, the business contingency risk management is pretty obvious. You wanted to future-proof your business because there are a handful of uh, unforeseeable things can happen. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. Hey, podcast listeners, this is episode 117 of the Merged Marketing Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the five R's of risk management with my special guest, Michael Sakai. Michael is a New York City-based niche specialist for creative entrepreneurs. She helps service business owners shift from operating a transactional business to a transformational business through her two business programs, Define and Refine Your Profitable Niche and Business Optimizer 360. In this episode, we don't just talk about risk management. We actually talk about the impact creation archetype quiz, which is something I took, uh, which Michael came up with, and I thought it was very insightful. I, uh, my, my archetype was crowd pleaser, and after reading the description of a crowd pleaser, it was extremely accurate. And there's four different archetypes, so I encourage all of you to go on over to her website after this episode and take that quiz yourself. Um, I found it pretty insightful. And uh, I've also been following Michael for a while on Twitter, so if you are active on Twitter, Twitter, I suggest giving Maiko a follow. She has some great insight uh, for those creative entrepreneurs out there. But without further ado, here's my chat with Maiko Sakai. My name's Jason Hunt, and I'm here today with Maiko Sakai, and we're going to talk about the five R's of risk management. Uh, first of all, Maiko, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Love uh, chatting with uh, somebody that's not too far away, I guess, New York City. Just right. a hop, skip, and an eight-hour drive down the road. But, uh, but first and foremost, I, I, wanna, I want our audience to know how you became a niche specialist, because that is a title that I have not heard too much of before. So what is a niche specialist, and how did you become one? Right. So obviously, you haven't heard this title before because I made it up. So that's number one. Let's get that out of the way. I made it up. Okay. Love it. <laughs> um, but the way it was more so, it wasn't really strategic. Let me put it that way. What happened was I was actually hosting a lot of workshops for entrepreneurs and startups. And I got into this topic of positioning. And I also work, you know, uh, with a lot of uh, creative entrepreneurs, um, say designers, uh, video production people to PR, content writers, you know, what have you, digital marketers, right? And I realized they're so multi-passionate, which is fantastic, but they're muddling their messages to the world by letting everyone know what, you know, what they can do everything about them so i decided to kind of focus on that area because it's got a lot of you know the mindset issues you know letting go of things can be scary for a ton of entrepreneurs so that's how i became one and just claimed that title i think it's so important to carve out that niche and, it, and it's kind of one of the things in our business that we never really 
took advantage of because, you know, back when we started, we were just, oh, business here, home renovations business. Okay, restaurant, we'll take it, we'll take it, we'll take it. But, right. you know, it does it does really have an impact on, on efficiencies and, and, and how well you can really speak to that niche audience. But when you hone in on one niche, it makes your life, your job and your mindset that much easier, right? Absolutely. Like if you're specialized in hospitality, you know, you could say something like luxury hospitality only, or if you want to niche down even more, you know, you only specialize in, you know, just the fine dining restaurant consulting. There are many ways to go about it, but um, that's also another reason why that I love doing it because I also get to be creative, you know, also be strategic simultaneously to help those entrepreneurs. Do you find a lot of the work that you do can be repeatable uh, because it is such a niche that you're working in? In a sense, I do have a framework which helps a lot. And that's universal in the sense it's only a Venn diagram with three circles overlapping. But that kind of anchors, you know, all of my clients or people that I work with. But of course, you know, depending on where they come from, I wanted to understand better about the space that they're in. So I, you know, I try not to be biased. Let me put it that way. So I go into every conversation by being neutral or staying neutral. So whatever is on the table, I would look at them that way. I don't have any one particular opinion to another because that activity will taint my way of looking at things. Interesting. Very interesting. I, I want to uh, give our audience some um, some understanding of, of how we came to meet. And I've been following you on Twitter for quite a while. You provide uh, some great value on Twitter. You. you guys definitely <laughs> go check out Maiko on Twitter if you're not already following her. Um, but we, she uh, she has this quiz that I took called the uh, the Impact Creation Archetype Quiz. Yeah. And, and I did this, and I thought this was spot on. Um, uh, it's a quiz. I, I was the, I'm was i a crowd pleaser. Was That's the right. That, the, You're the CP for sure. C yeah. CP and and so that and that told me that a I it's tough to say no to people which is definitely <laughs> accurate uh, you don't want to let people down and uh, and but you know how to help people and you want to always help when you can but that can also have its have its cons as well whereas where you get overwhelmed and potentially burnout but I want to back it up for a second here Michael and, and maybe yeah. you can tell everybody what exactly is the impact creation archetype quiz so I created this quiz for say like a entrepreneurs to, you know, uh, some entrepreneurs who've been in the business for a long time, but just kind of wanted to find the best way to reach out to their audience. So that's the main goal. There are four different types. And, uh, you know, the one that Jay had was CP. That's one of, you know, the four different ar archetypes. And once you take that quiz, you'll know your archetype, you know your pros and cons, and you know things that you can do to either leverage your archetype and also, you know, what not to do. You know, there would be things that maybe you can avoid like for you, like saying yes to everybody too often would be something to keep in mind, right? Just to save your sanity and, you know, time and energy and all of that. So that's uh, how it came about. And uh, it's been the hit. 
Yeah, it's it actually reinforced the thought that a podcast is what I need to be doing, you know, and and it really did reinforce that because you're going to learn things awesome. about yourself that it's like, okay, I'm I'm doing the right thing. I'm spending my time in the right place by doing this activity, right. and and that's what that quiz did for me as well. What are those other three um, archetypes aside from crowd crowd pleaser? So the next one up is my archetype. So when I was creating it, I like it, it was so painful because that was that was me. It's another one is called acquired taste. So I tend to be way more niche down in a sense. I only appeal to certain group of people. I'm not everybody's cup of tea, which I knew, but you know, what I could leverage by just being an AT, you know, short, for short, acquired taste is to really hone in on what I am great at and I can be best at it. So that's another type. And the third type is my way all the way, which is the complete opposite of acquired taste. I mean, well, I could say like maybe it's not opposite, but the extreme version of acquired taste. I think that's how I should have explained it. But my way all the way is pretty much for influencers. They may not have any business focus or they may not have any business ideas, but what they have is their uniqueness, the way they share their own experience with their audience, whether it's about food or it's about fashion or all of their, like all sorts of things. The only downside to that particular archetype is that it may take longer for them to take off only because they're not, you know, they're creating a new category, right? They're not getting into this insurance industry or beauty industry per se. So they may have to really be okay that it may take a while for them to establish themselves. And the last one is the community builders. You might have guessed it. You know, a lot of people could be between CP and CB just because they share a lot of things. So the community builders, what they tend to do is they just want to help. They want to lead a cause or some kind of a movement and they forget to charge for their work. So that's the, the that's a downside, right? Because they're so into their mission or what drives, you know, what drives them. So Either they feel very guilty about charging for what they're passionate about, or they forget to charge people. So that's the last one. I can see the synergies between that and a crowd pleaser, with the difference being that the the community one specifically is more about they're just so involved in their work and the mission that they forget to do the due diligence of charging afterwards, right? (laughs) Actually making a living, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I know we went down a bit of a rabbit hole there because this episode is not meant to be about the impact creation archetypes, but that's, that's right. okay. I think it's a lot of value there. And where, where can people might go, go to take that quiz? Right. So it's free. Uh, go to my website, which is michaelsakai.com forward slash quiz. That's it. Perfect. And you can catch that in the show notes uh, for this episode. Um, And now I want to get into the nuts and bolts of this episode, which is talking about risk management and the five R's of risk management. So you can start wherever you want to start, Michael. Yeah, well, I can start from why we do it. 
So let's start from that very quickly. So the reason why you wanted to have that is, you know, um, I actually wrote that article. It's a blog post when, you know, the, a lot of things were changing back in, you know, early 2020. That was a time that I realized I need to put this out there so that business owners can protect themselves. So the reason why you wanted to be always prepared um, to have, you know, the business contingency risk management is pretty obvious. You wanted to future proof your business because there are a handful of, uh, unforeseeable things can happen. So like, for example, it could be government re regulatory, you know, like uh, regulation things that came out of nowhere and hit you. That can happen or natural disaster or new technology and innovations. Those are the things that maybe you didn't expect that those things to pop up and, and it started to threat your, you know, the business existence, right? Um, or just pure new competitors. Maybe the, the, you know, um, the barrier of entry went down a little bit, whether it's due to technology or innovations. And a lot of people came in, like all flooded into your industry. That may be the reason to consider what to do next. So those are the factors to keep in mind. Well, another thing is the macro and the micro economic situations. I mean, whether it's local thing or the worldwide thing you just can't really predict that so that is the reason why that you definitely wanted to have a simple yet effective risk management system real quick guys are you an entrepreneur a small business owner a marketing director that's wearing way too many hats you find yourself doing too many different types of jobs within the business and allocating your attention everywhere there's a good chance if you're doing this you're a jack of all trades master of none this is exactly why merged media exists we're your one-stop digital shop your outsourced cmo we take care of all of those digital marketing tasks all under one roof, including Google ads, search engine optimization, social media marketing, and website optimization. We're all collaborating together under one roof at Merged Media. And if you think there might be a good fit for us to work with you, I want you to go on over to merged.ca and book your discovery call today. That's merged.ca. Yeah, I think with that, and I think obviously, like speaking about macro versus micro, I think the whole pandemic obviously had a macro effect on a lot of businesses, specifically yeah. e-commerce businesses or people that used to go and attend little local markets and trade shows and had products to sell. They were massively impacted by this. They would have Absolutely. impacted the people that also established e-commerce businesses, right? So now it's just a, a bigger share of the market that people need to get in front of. So um, right. yeah, okay, let's dive into it. Yeah. All right. So... I wanted to start from regrouping. So that's step number one. Um, I can go over the whole steps first, and then I can explain, you know, what each of them are, or you can just ask me any questions uh, on those five different things. So the first one is regrouping. In the nutshell, you wanted to really assess where you're at. You know, whatever triggers you to consider your business continuity planning, you know, you wanted to know where you're at. So that's regrouping. And identifying the, um, the redundancy. That's the second are redundancy, which is to identify what you've relied on and didn't really question about it before. That could be your number one employee, 
or that could be a tool that you're using, whether it's a piece of technology or whatever that might be. Sometimes you need to layer your redundancy in your business model so that if something happens to you, you, the business owner, you know what to do. So you actually wanted to take a look at that to see where the like a thin area that it might be. There's no redundancy whatsoever. It's either you or no one else. So you wanted to look at that. So that's the second R. So the with with re, with re, sorry, sorry, Michael, with redundancy, no, no would, would redundancy entail maybe looking at your company and becoming leaner? You know, maybe making cuts where you need to make cuts and where yep. there is overlap, like establishing and and figuring out all of that, right? Right. And when I say redundancy, I don't use that term to be negative. Actually, it is positive in some cases because you can't do everything by yourself, right? So you, but still you wanted to identify why you need redundancy for certain areas of your business. And, you know, for some other areas of your business, maybe you can cut down on it. So that's the reason why I put that out there as, you know, uh, Another key point to look at only because you don't want to ignore that redundancy or you don't want to feel negative about the redundancy and just cut, 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 cut. Mm. Not realizing that if you do those things, you're left with all by yourself. Mm. So, you know, you need to balance a bit when it comes to that. You need to define, you need to define redundancy. That's right. right. Yep, exactly. And the next step up is to reinforce that's reinforcement is to take notice of what is working and what's not working. So obviously you wanted to double down on what's working. So that's reinforcement. And you may consider some other things that you do in your business. If they're not really moving the needle, you may consider to either, you know, set them aside or sunset them. So that's reinforcement. Basically, you're continuously sort of filtering things through these, you know, the five R's and, and just to make sure that your business is positioned right. Sunset them. What do you mean by sunset them? So, so let's just say like you have five or six different offers or different types of services that you're offering. Mainly, I do help service business owners. I don't really work with goods people, you know, so like e-com people or brick and mortar. So the services, when it comes to service businesses, the funny thing about it is because the services are somewhat intangible, you know, we're offering experiences, right? We tend to um, overextend ourselves with too many offers. And obviously that is the reason why I'm a niche specialist, right? Um, cause it's so easy to do that. You know, you don't get to touch or feel how many of those offers that you're really offering. So you do want to really take a look at everything that you offer and make sure that you double down on the ones that are generating revenues. Love it. hundred yep. percent. That's good. And that's the reinforcement one. Number that's three. That's right. And the next one is repositioning. So what does it mean? Repositioning is all about your time, energy, and money allocation. Because of the fact that now you're assessing your business from you know, the um, business continuity standpoint, you may have to shift your responsibilities or how much time you spend on any type of business activities to be changed, right? 
So you wanted to look at everything that you do and your team does and make sure that, that you know, enough time or resources are allocated to do this. And if not, then how can you, you know, reposition, like reallocate some of the resources that you have so that your business will run effectively? A lot of crossover and overlap between redundancy and repositioning, would you say? Right. Yep. Yeah, because essentially you're establishing the redundancies in your business and then reallocating or repositioning repositioning accordingly. Right. Well, as the CEO of your own business, you also wanted to look at yourself so that, mm. you know, the only difference is that when it comes to repositioning, you're really focusing on how much time, energy, and resources you're willing to uh, put into certain business activities and mm. you may also have to question whether or not you may have to delegate some of those things or automate some of the things right when it comes to saving time and energy and money there are a few different things that you can do for example raise your prices right or cut down on your time but to charge the same amount or you will redesign your onboarding or offboarding or whatever logistics that you do in your business to be more like a, a seamless, right? Um, frictionless, that's the word that I was looking for. By using technology or tools, maybe you haven't looked into any of these things that much. And in that case, you wanted to look at those things so that you can cut costs in some areas or you may decide to invest a little bit more into something else. One of the big challenges, I think, for a lot of entrepreneurs is, is number four, is repositioning some of those responsibilities or tasks because yeah. you might have the mindset that nobody can do it as good as you. And I know oh, yeah. I, I fall victim to this, and I'm sure a lot of others out there. So oh, me do you too. Any, do you have any tips around overcoming that? Yeah, so... Pretty much everything can be, here's a rule of thumb that I came up with in my business. You wanted to only pick one or two things that are absolutely essential that you have to do it. And from my own experience consulting, there are usually one or two things only, well, maybe up to three. Like for example, if you're the face of the company and, you know, your company requires you to show up on certain things, whether, you know, through your content creation or, you know, uh, increasing visibility by using your figure to promote your business, of course, no one can really replace you at this point, you know. But remember, you know, that we don't buy Nike sneakers because of Phil Knight, right? Eventually, you're going to make that transition. But as of now, if you're the face of the company, then obviously you have to focus on those activities because you can't replace those activities with someone else in your team or some financial things that you, you would look at that you have to be the only one to really be accountable for what goes on number wise. So you can really, really narrow down. And to be honest, everything else, whether the flyer design for the next upcoming event to, you know, to selecting music for your podcast episode, whatever that might be, frankly, others may be able to do it better than you do. You just don't know it. So my advice is to give it a try little at a time so that the, you will be less resistant to those changes. But that, try them. 
Yeah, that was de- uh, you're spot on because that was one of the things that I had the most challenge with when I when I was expanding my business. When I was just one employee in, in, back in 2016, and then hiring that first employee, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, okay, well, who are we going to hire? How can they do it? I have to train them to do it exactly the way I did it. The person I hired at that time is is now the manager of our entire social media department, and he does it wow. and did it way better than I could ever do. <laughs> And it it took actually diving in headfirst and giving all that responsibility to somebody else to realize that. So that is tough, but exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. It's a shocker when you can spend, when you have somebody that can spend their entire week doing one task, they, they can get really good at it pretty quickly. Yeah. And they might surprise you. So, you know, stay open minded. You know, that's the, that's the key. Because people may surprise you. Really, they may be better than you, you know, in a sense. And that's a, that's a good thing. Mm, definitely. Uh, open-minded is not the fifth R because this isn't, doesn't start with R. So what's that fifth R? That's right. The last one is resources. So take a look at what you have and what you don't have. That includes, I'm not just talking about money or inventory or, you know, the team members. What other support system can you go to? And there are plenty of programs, you know, um, I'm assuming um, at where you're at and where I'm at, you know, you're in Canada, I'm in the U.S. Um, there are plenty of programs that you may never even heard of. But, you know, we have this thing called the Internet and Google. And once you look into it, it may not take that much time for you to learn what kind of a supporting systems that are out there. And I know, you know, how we all feel as entrepreneurs that we're kind of, um, we're, we're so proud. We're too proud to ask for help sometimes, right? Because we wanted to be the one to help others and all of that. But in times, you know, this, there are times where you can really leverage those supportive systems to get your head above the water. So that would be the last one. Do not be shy. At least look into it. There may be some grants or there may be some training programs that maybe you are not going to go to, but you may send your employees to. You never know. So just look into those, you know, support and communities and helps that you might be able to get as an entrepreneur. Love it. And uh, just to recap, the five R's, regrouping, redundancy, reinforcement, repositioning, and resources. Did I miss anything? Nope. That's it? Awesome. Awesome. Michael, this has been awesome. Uh, uh, How can our audience get in touch with you in case they have any questions? Right. I'm pretty active over Twitter. So that's number one. Um, But I do have my account on Instagram and LinkedIn and all those usual places. And the best place to kind of learn what I get to offer to my clients is at www.michaelsakai.com. Awesome. And uh, I end every episode with the same question, Michael. And that question is this. If you could choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brand, who would it be and why? Oh, God. You know what? I'm totally biased at this point only because it's something that I've seen on Instagram. Maybe Coco Chanel. Coco Chanel. Because there was this quote, quote about simplicity. And that's the, you know, that's elegant. And, you know, whatever that might be, like, I I don't recall the exact quote, but 
you know, as a niche specialist, it's all about simplifying everything, right? And in our businesses and uh, that spoke to me so she would be the classiest spokesperson that could be for my business love it you're the first to pick coco chanel not gonna <laughs> lie. had a lot of steve jobs but not a lot of coco chanel but i do want to yeah. I, I do want to mention for our listeners out there that can't see this right now that you have a great quote behind you and i just want to read that quote life oh. isn't about finding yourself life is about creating yourself yes Yes. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Well, Michael, thank you so much again for taking the time to chat with me today. And, and we'll be talking to you again real soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. I truly appreciate it and would love it if you went over to your podcast platform and gave us a subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, if you think the Merged Marketing Podcast is a good fit for somebody else, like your business partner or your spouse, just go on over and give this episode a share. I'd love it if you would share the wealth of knowledge and value that I'm bringing to you and share it to other people. That would be amazing. Again, thank you so much for listening. Don't set up for good. Be great. We'll see you soon.